The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rolly Sussex. Hello, Rolly. Good morning. Gucci does lay it on, doesn't <laughs> he? He does. Uh, the Lord of Language. I love that. I it's think a beautiful phrase. It describes you perfectly. You wrote it? No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Gucci did, I think. <laughs> How's your week been? Very good, except that last Sunday I fell off my bike. What? How? <laughs> well, I shouldn't laugh. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, I have I have things to prove it. Now, the, the, the person I was riding with drifted off the uh, off the tarmac, oh. and then getting back, he went down, and on I the went tarmac? down on top what, of him. What were you doing at the airport, riding no, no, around? No, no, is, well, you know the, the macadam. <laughs> okay. the, and uh, there was a, a certain bending of body, and unfortunately, oh, at my age, things don't bend as much as they used to. Oh, you look, you look no. all right. You, oh, yeah. You're not limping or anything. I'm, I'm going to Tasmania to bushwalk for a week. Oh, gee, see? So, but, uh, no, this this was a matter of friction upon the road, okay. <laughs> which uh, ruined several bits of, of riding clothing. Oh, yeah. And a bit of bark off your elbows. Plenty mm. of bark, yes. Mm. And some quite spectacular bruises, which I'm not going to show on radio. Okay, then. <laughs> Rolly, let's talk about the words. You've had a couple of emails. I have, yes. First of all, um, no skin off my nose. Well, you had some skin off your nose, maybe. My nose, my nose is immaculate, but the rest of me has suffered. Um, this, is a, this phrase is early 20th century. It comes from boxing. Oh, yeah. And it's a bit like saying, you know, give me your best shot, mm -hmm. and then the other person tries to hit them. And that's no skin off my nose means if that's the best you can do, I don't care. Yes. You know, it's made no particular effect on me. So if someone says, and most people don't know that this is a boxing term. No. I, but I, I but you use it meaning uh, th that doesn't matter to me, I don't care either way. Right? Yeah. What's odd is that the Americans have a phrase, no skin off my teeth. Oh, okay. Um, or... or or the skin of you, you get through something. By the skin, skin of your, of your teeth. teeth. Yeah. So that that's, but that means just, you know, before disaster type it. of thing. Just made it. Mm. Um, and there's also, uh, skin turns up in, in your eyes as well. Keep your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes skinned. Yes. Why should your eyes have skin? Nobody really knows, but there are animals who have an extra eyelid, which they can fold across as a kind of protection. And so if you remove any obstruction from your eyes, you'll be able to see things or, or obtend really much. But now these, these phrases, we use them and we don't think about how odd they are. Or who first uttered them. Or who, who first. Mm. And very often we don't know. Mm. We have to wait for someone to actually write them down. Mm. And then, you know, we've got a starting point at least. And, but, but with phrases like this, uh, often you've got a, what's called a folk etymology, and that means it's a plausible story, it sounds good, but in fact it isn't true. Or we simply can't tell because no one was there, nobody wrote it down for quite a while. Or they came, I would have thought, maybe some of them from really old literature. Sometimes. You know, and I mean, if Shakespeare wrote yeah. it down, you're, you're, you're flying because we've got lots and lots of stuff about Shakespeare. Mm. But things like the word furphy, which I really like. Yes. Now, a furphy in Australia means uh, rumour of some kind. Might be true, might be not, but it's a rumour. Now, furphy is actually a manufacturer, heavy, heavy manufacturer of metal things. And I believe they're still in business in Shepparton in Victoria. Oh. And in the First World War, they made water carts. And the soldiers would gather around the water carts and have a, have a chat. And the yarns that they told or the gossip that they passed on became a furphy. <laughs> and so this is actually an eponym, which means it's named after someone, some real proper name in real life. 
Mm-hmm. So, but, if you've got no skin off your nose, you're doing all right. All right, it's not a furphy. Hey, we've got quite a few calls. Okay. Uh, let's go firstly to Gwen at Wavell Heights. Hello, Gwen. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Rowley. I wanted to know which is the correct pronunciation of distribute mm-hmm. or distribute. Uh-huh. Mm. Right, distribute and contribute. Uh, have always been like that for me, and the Australian dictionaries say that's what they are. But the British have actually introduced distribute and contribute, stressing on the first syllable, and also distribution and contribution. And Mr. Cameron, when he was vice chancellor, when he was uh, prime minister, um, said contribution. And we're starting to get it in Australia as well. Yeah. Uh, now, which, where do you prefer to put uh, it, Loretta? I'm. Y- you know what? That word, uh, Gwen, is one that I struggle with, distribution. Mm. I always have to think about it, mm. distribute, dis- mm. yeah, before yeah. I say I it. I think it, it's easier it. with the noun, distribution. Yeah. Right. Distribution fins a, a bit of a, you know, a mouthful. Yeah. But distribute and contribute are both British. But the but like lots of other things like um, cigarette and cigarette. Yeah. You now, in Australia, we've got lots and lots of parallel pronunciations. People use both. And the dictionaries often just throw up their hands and say, look, you'll hear both. Because I say either. contribute. So do I. Yeah. Yes. What do you say, Gwen? Oh, contribution. Yeah. Contribution I would go with as well, but yeah. contribution and distribution are both British. You'll hear them from the BBC. Mm-hmm. I think it's what you learn when you're at school. True, yeah. What, what you learn when you're at school, um, reinforced by the authority of the teacher, <laughs> often can set your habits for life. But it is true that you can change your pronunciation. Yes. Mm. Um, and, and there are one or two, for example... Um, I, I, was, I was thinking of research and research. Yes, yeah. Th- those, those are ones which are in play at the moment, and really we don't know which way to go. And there used to be a thing where you had an import something, yep. right, and uh, that was the verb, and if something that you did that to was an import. Yes. No, he, he, he's, he deals in imports. Nowadays, <laughs> the difference between import and import is being lost. <laughs> Thank you, Gwen, for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wayne's at Bribey. Hello, Wayne. Hello there. Hello, Rowley. Morning. What's your question, Wayne? Um, I've got three questions, but I've been told that I must break it down to one. Uh, <laughs> a saying in a lot of movies and um, uh, TV shows, Rowley, mm-hmm. the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Yes. And you hear that so many times mentioned, the proof is in the eating. Mm. All mixed up, sort of. What is the correct um, term there, and, and what does it mean? Oh, okay, the, the the proof of the pudding is in the eating is in the is the correct form. I'm not too sure exactly where it comes from, but I'll look that up for next week because it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people with these longer ones shorten them a bit, so they ah. just say the proof of the pudding. And leave you with the rest. Now, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Actually, means something. It means you have to test something in order to know whether it's any good. And that can apply, be applied to all sorts of things, buying a new car or growing cabbages or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the proof of the pudding, full stop, is a shortened form. Ah, right. Uh, just as people tend to say, up in Annie's room, full stop. Oh, behind the clock. Exactly. My grandmother used to say that yep. all the time. That's right. <laughs> up, up in Annie's room, behind the clock, is a, one of these, it's called avoidance language. Yeah. And it's when your children ask where something is or where children come from. <laughs> you know, where do babies come from? You know, well, up, up in Annie's room. I love that one. Uh, and yeah. again, these they get shortened. They're rather long, mm. and people tend to forget the last little bit. So you give yeah. the first bit and stop there. 
Yeah. See, I thought you said before it was the proof is in the pudding. No. It's not, that's the proof what I of the pudding thought. is in the eating. Right, okay. Mm, okay. Thank you for that, Wayne. Okay. Oh. For another one? No. Okay, quickly. <laughs> well, I do, and I, no, this is not meant to, to insult dear people, but radio announcers and TV announcers, I noted particularly, why do they pronounce the Olympic Games as if it's Olympic? O-L-Y-M-P-I-C. Probably lazy, Rolly, do you think? Um, well, the, the correct pronunciation in English is indeed Olympic. Olympic. Olympic, with a stress Olympic. on the second. But the, the pronunciation with the careful O at the start is more like the ancient Greek. Olympic. Um, mm. But I, I think Olympic, the Olympic Games, particularly with you have a, another word in front of it, like the, yeah. the Olympic Games. If you say the Olympic, that yeah. sounds uncomfortable. See, Wayne, we're right. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> my apologies. That's all right. Thanks for your call, That's Wayne. University education does for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See you later. Bye. In Mount Isa, Barry, it's hot there, isn't it? Oh, it's pretty hot up this way. Hello from Mr. Barry Byrne from Mount Isa. Morning. Just before I proceed with my word, mm. I just thought I'd let you know I volunteer at the um, Underground Hospital Museum in Mount Isa. Oh. And we have a furphy tank. Oh, fantastic a tank. tank. How does that work? Underground Hospital Museum in Mount Isa. And that's what you were talking about oh, right, before. Yes. That's right. The, um, the old-fashioned um, water tank. Yeah. And if you look at the end, you'll find some strange things written on it. Yeah. Have you got the one with Pittman as well? I'm not too certain, but there are some strange, some strange things uh, like writing on it and whatever. Okay, that'll be the Pittman one. Because uh, Furphy actually wrote a number of moral things like, you know, don't drink beer, drink water, it's better for you, this sort of thing. <laughs> and at one stage there was, there was a, a little sentence about having lots of children. I'll have to work out what it was. <laughs> All right. Now now you I'll, no. I'll, I'll proceed with my word. All right. Yes. Now, I, I know the context in which the word is used, mm -hmm. but I'd like to know the meaning of the word and mm. the origin. Um, chagrin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or, or chagrin. Or chagrin. Um, you, you, you've got several. The word is chagrin in French, C-H-A-G-R-I-N, and it means when you're annoyed or distressed because you've failed to achieve something. Chagrin. And, yeah, chagrin. And um, there's a song, I think, by Edith Piaf. So how do they use it in a sentence? I have heard it. What would they say? Well, in French or in English? Uh, no, in no, English, I'm, English. I'm feeling a lot of chagrin I've, I've, uh, right. no, or, chag or chagrin. You can say either. Uh, and it, again, with words that are from French, French has a weak final stress. So they say chagrin, chagrin, mm. and the, the, you can hear that the last syllable is a little bit stronger, but not huge. Mm. In English, we tend to have a big difference between stressed and unstressed. Chagrin. Chagrin or, or chagrin. <laughs> right. And both are allowed and, uh, and are okay in the dictionary. And there's even a verb. Um, you can be chagrined. Oh. Yeah, meaning you are feeling distress and embarrassment because you failed to do something. Okay. Does that answer your question, Barry? Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> Pleasure. All of you have a lovely day. Thank, thank you, you, Barry. Peter in Sanford, hello. Hello. Uh, yes, I'm a member of IPED, so uh, very, uh, Institute of Professional Editors, so follow Rolly's segment right, very closely. Yes. Um, I'm taking up on something uh, last week I didn't manage to get through last week about some uh, strange uh, pronunciations of na place names. Yes. Okay. And uh, in England, I grew up in South Derbyshire, mm -hmm. and there was a place that I just could not relate the way I heard it to how it was on the map. Go on. It's spelled B-L-A-C-K, mm -hmm. as in black, mm -hmm. F-O-R-D, Ford, B-Y. So you'd think it would be Blackfordby or something mm -hmm. like that. The locals call it Blofferby. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Blofferby. Okay. 
So uh, I just couldn't relate the two. It was just it's, uh, how on earth they came up with that. I don't know. All right, um, you can see how it might have come about because the black Ford, the foot in the middle, yes. two consonants, uncomfortable, and as with things like vulnerable becoming vulnerable, yes. we tend to get we lose the first one. So black Ford could be black Ford. All right. Yes. And then the the a r vowel does alternate quite a bit in South Africa, for example. They don't have a bath; they have a bath. A bath. Oh, all right. <laughs> so Blofferby, you can see how it's come about phonetically by simplification, getting rid of the k. Yep. Um, and it is sort of predictable if you know that they're going to go all the way with getting rid of extra sounds. Right. But uh, of all the, I said last week, of all the countries in in Europe. Uh, Every country I've been to, if you know how the spelling system works, you are almost certainly okay with pronouncing place names, except in Britain. <laughs> and Britain is an absolute—it's a miserable place. Oh you know. no! Well, no, from the point of view of pronouncing places and making a fool of yourself, mm. uh, because uh, I mean, no, the, I think the shortest—the shortest street in England is the Whitmore-Hort Maggette. I love it. Which is in York, which is about 12 feet long, and it's where they used to whip the criminals. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, there, are, there are a number of extraordinary place names in Britain mm. which are a, a science in, their, in themselves. But, Peter, thank you for, for that one. I didn't know Blofferby, and I will treasure it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you very much, Peter. Thank you. Patrick at Bowen Hills. Hello, Patrick. Hello. Good morning. What's Hello your there. question? Uh, my question is about the word incident, mm -hmm. I-N-C-I-D-E-N-C-E. -E. Yes. Is there a plural of that word? Ah. Oh. There, there, is a, there is a plural of incident, which is incidents, T-S. Mm. The trouble is that N-T-S is normally pronounced like N-S, incidents. Mm. Yes. Well, well we, I've heard recently a number of people getting incidents and instances and incidents mixed up and calling them incidences. Right. Now, that actually exists as well. It does. But it means, oh it means the frequency of something. You know, what yes. is the incidence of leprosy in the modern population? Something like yes. that. Yes. And you might say, worldwide, we have observed a number of incidences, yeah. meaning occurrences or frequencies of this horrible disease. Mm. Oh. So that's how it comes about. And I'm afraid the, the fact that I-N-C-I-D-E-N-T-S plural, is pronounced pretty much identically with mm. the singular I-N-C-I-D-E-N-C-E. Right? That's where the problem comes from. Well, and I'm afraid we are getting a lot of people saying incidences where they don't need to. That means yeah. well, frequencies. Yes, I, I hear it frequently and it's mm. driving me insane. Driving in nuts, yeah, no. I, I'm sorry, insanity with using English as a state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Right. Thank you very much indeed. Bye-bye. Okay. Terry on the Sunshine Coast. Hi, Terry. Good morning. Look, I, I just have a, a little issue, or problem actually, mm. with a word in our language, and I hope you can help me because it, I'll be able to sleep if you give me the right answer. <laughs> uh, the, the word is well. Yes. Um, to me, <clears throat> excuse me, a well is something that you have water in, mm. but then you ask somebody how do they feel, and they say, I feel well. Mm -hmm. Well, hang on, are they full of water? <laughs> but yeah, the, other, yeah. the other thing is that you say to people... Um, where are you going? And they say, well, well. <laughs> I'm going da-da-da-da-da. Mm -hmm. And there is another one, and they say, as well as. Yes. Oh, well, so, that's a good question. Please mm. help me. <laughs> mm. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Um, there are lots of wells, and they are homophones, which means that they're pronounced the same. They're homonyms, actually, because they are pronounced the same, spelt the same, but they mean totally different things. <laughs> And uh, the well, uh, how are you feeling? Pretty well. Uh, that's an adverb. 
Uh, you can even see, say now he's a well person, or he's not a well person, meaning he's, he's prone to being ill. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, the well where you get water from is a completely different one and comes from a different, you know, it's a shaft sunk in the ground, yeah. and uh, that has a completely, um, completely different source. Oh. And then there's well, um, which means uh, it's 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 a it's called a discourse particle, um, and it, <laughs> really? it's yeah among other things. And if someone asks you a question and you're not quite sure how to answer or you want to get a bit of time for thought or whatever, you can say, well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, 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 all of these things are spelt identically, pronounced identically, but they've got totally different grammatical functions. Right, and okay. uh, this is, we, English is not the only language which does this. Chinese has got lots more. Mm. Right, okay. Well, I'll sleep <laughs> well tonight. <laughs> I hope yeah. you do, Terry. Yeah. I tell you what, Terry, get a decent-sized <laughs> dictionary, you. a yeah. big one, yeah. and if you haven't got one, go to the library and get one, yeah. and just read the entry for Will. It goes oh. on a long way. Really? In the and dictionary? Okay. Yes, and right at the bottom of each of the, you know, it'll have well one, well two, well three, and so on for the different meanings. It'll tell you where they come from as well. There you go, Terry. You can do well, that. That'll help you to sleep. Well, what do you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> He's on a roll. Bye. Jeff at The Gap. Hello, Jeff. G'day. Look, well, uh, I'd just like to, when I uh, went to school about 50 years ago, they used to talk about the number of people. Mm. Now it's been turned into by, by journalists into the amount of people. Yes. Mm. Yep. This is something which comes up fairly frequently, and I'm afraid, well, the, the stuffy part of me says it's wrong. It's wrong, yeah. The realistically part, realistic part says, look, it's likely to persist, because if you go to your supermarket, um, it, it's related to less and fewer. Right. It used to be the case that fewer was things you could count, and less was things which occurred in a mass. So I've got less butter, but I've got fewer apples. And exactly the same thing happens with amount and number. Oh. Number is things you can count. Amount used to be stuff that you could, you had a, as a lump. So it was a liquid or a, a powder or, you know, metal or something. Or yes, sand. but they're inanimate objects. You know, we're human beings. Right, but, but number, number again can be, you know, how many nails have you got? The number of nails in the box is 543. So it, it really depends on whether you can count them or not. The trouble is that the, the difference is being eroded by usage. Yes. And people are saying amount for everything now, just as they are saying less, whether it's countable or not. And if you go to your supermarket, you'll find that there will be a channel which says 12 items or less. And it should be 12 items or Fewer, fewer, because these can count. It says 12. Yeah. And I actually wrote to my supermarket and said, <laughs> if you don't change this, I'm going to take my, my custom elsewhere. And they ignored me. <laughs> so so it, it's part of a general simplification of, of some of these fairly precise but slightly abstruse So we're going downhill, are we? are going to have to put up with well, it, are we? put it this way. Mm. We, we are simplifying the language in certain respects. Simplifying in, it. Yeah, well, put it this way. English is losing its, its bits of its grammar, all right? Um, like whom is on the skids and will probably be gone in a generation. Mm. Uh, but it's getting, from the point of view of vocabulary, it's getting enormously bigger. Yeah. And yep. uh, they reckon about, about at least 15,000 words are added to English every year. It's, it's just growing out of all sorts. Yeah, look, one other thing. What, yeah. are you, what are you talking about Kiribati instead of you're talking about the people of Kiribati? Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, I know about 20-odd people who have been to Kiribati and mm -hmm. I've spoken to an I-Kiribati 
what's this, that's what you call an individual from Kiribati, and, and it's pronounced Kiribati, not Kiribati. No, even though it's spelt like no, it, it's mm. actually It's actually written Kiribati, mm. yeah, I and, know. The, and there are two pronunciations, Kiribati and well, Kiribati. Well, the, 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 the people in Kiribati mm. pronounce it Kiribati. Mm. You know, I know. Especially from the isle, or the atoll of uh, Tarawa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to Tarawa. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're dead day. right. Yeah. However, I've known about 20 people who lived up there. I yeah, know an yeah. Australian who's living up there right now, but they call it Kiribati. They do, Kiribati, but, it yeah. is, but it is written Kiribati, and people in Australia who haven't been there or talk to people from Kiribati look at it, and they, they take the spelling, and that tells them. Yeah. Well, now, these were actually the Gilbert and Ellis Islands, Gilbert and Ellis, and the language, the, the Kiribati language, does not have some of these sounds. So Gilbert and Ellis becomes Kiribati. Mm. Yeah, because you come you, you come across those ones, of course, in the news and news reading, uh, which often can stump people. Oh, We've yes. got a quick text, Rolly. Um, when I went to school, we mm. were always taught you use who for yes. people and that for things. Mm -hmm. I have seen that used for people on the front page of newspapers. Even the Prime Minister uses it in interviews, for example. He was the person that won the prize. It sounds terrible. When did this change and become accept acceptable? I agree with you. That's JC from Sanford. Mm -hmm. I have seen that too and it gets on my goat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> your poor goat. <laughs> Is that the right saying? No, it actually gets your goat. Oh, gets my goat. <laughs> yes. It gets up your nose or it gets your goat. <laughs> And the reason for that has to do with horse racing, but we'll come back to that okay, another day. All come right. back to the goat. Now, it, it used to be taught in schools, and there are lots of things that were taught in schools which were wrong, like you can't end a sentence with a preposition. Mm. The answer is you can and you should, and English has always done it, and what we were taught was wrong. And I'll come back to that another day. But this who and that thing, we were, I was taught it as well. But in speech, even when I was a kid, using that as a relative pronoun for everything... You know, the, the man that I saw, people said it all the time, mm. and it has, over the last generation, become standard. Mm. So you can now say either the person whom I saw, that's very, very formal, yeah. the person who I saw, less formal, spoken, the person that I saw. And if you say that, it in fact saves you from the problem of, am I going to say whom or who? which is still a little bit of a difficulty for yeah. people who aren't sure. That, it's, it's a, as you said, it's, each generation is changing our language. That's right. Where are we going to end up? Goodness knows. Speaking but, like text messages. That's what we'll end up, the text speak that we were going to get onto, like we'll, LOL. We'll hold that for next week because that's a fascinating <laughs> topic. But no, the, as far as that and who goes, that has been accepted as a relative pronoun for everything in English. Now, who can still only be used for people? Occasionally it's used for companies, but not often. Mm. Mostly it's used for people. That can be used for everything. And because it's so short and ubiquitous, I think people are now using it more and more. Just quickly, before your final <coughs> word, I want to ask you something because we were talking about bridge earlier. Mm. And I said to the, <laughs> to the listener, you know, he was a good player mm -hmm. you're a card shark i thought it was shark but then someone uh texted in to say no it's card sharp it is yes where, where did i get shark from is it a pool shark i think it's a pool shark but yeah. a shark, uh, certainly a card sharp right and that is the old term for someone probably goes back to poker days or even earlier right. um who who was a little bit quick on the finger maybe yeah. or doing tricks with cards or particularly good at finessing things in mm. card games. All right. Rolly, thank you so much for that. We always learn something with you every Saturday. Your final word? Mm. The, first, the first computer dates back to Adam and Eve. What? 
It was an apple <laughs> with limited memory, just one bite. <laughs> and then everything crashed. Thank you, Rolly. See you next week. Bye. ABC Radio, your local source of national and international news, weather, emergency information, sport and entertainment. With more than 50 radio stations around the country, ABC Radio is Australia's largest radio network providing local programming. ABC Radio engages with audiences through both analogue and digital radio services, streaming online and on your mobile via the ABC Radio app. ABC Radio, across Australia.